0: Driving on the local track. Hello welcome back. Happy Sunday. Everyone is missing you, so everyone just wanted to say hi today. What's up Church? Yay! Yay! So, just set up, get out of any distraction, grab your coffee, grab your nut your pen, and get ready for the service. I'm going to start praying for you before the service starts, okay? Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for every person that is watching the service. I pray for your Holy Spirit in their home. I pray, Lord, for you to be with them in any time. We love you so much. And whatever words that you want us to say today, just put in our heart, put on our mind, and set us free, Lord. We love you too much. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So, sure, let's watch it together.
1: My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. Christ alone. Christ alone, cornerstone, weakness. In the Savior's love, through the storm, He is Lord, Lord of all. When darkness seems seems to hide His face, I rest on His unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. My anchor holds within the veil. Christ alone, cornerstone, weak, made strong. In the Savior's of He is Lord, Lord of all He is Lord, He is Lord, Lord of all When He shall come with trumpet sound in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne, Christ alone. Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong, in the Savior's love through the storm. Christ alone Christ alone Corner stone We strong in the same Who satisfies your desires? Oh, with good and lovely things. Who renews your heart like a flight on eagle's wing.
2: Good morning, Queens Church. It is a great Sunday to be worshiping with you, and I'm so excited to finish off this goals series. This is week six. Can you believe it's been six weeks since we started going through um, this series? I hope that what's happened throughout these last six weeks is that you have set and accomplished some goals in your relationship with God, that some of you have moved closer to Him in prayer, um, in Scripture, in, in your time with in Scripture. Um, and then these last few weeks, as we've done dealt with the difficult topics of moving closer to people. Sometimes it's easier to move closer to God than it is to move closer to other people. Um, So I hope that as you've done that these last two weeks, you have been blessed and um, that God has been teaching you a lot through His Word. Turn with me in your Bibles today, as we finish off this series, to the book of Hosea. The book of Hosea is in the Old Testament. As you're turning there or flipping um, on your phones... Uh, I, wanna, I want you to type something into the chat for me. So if you're watching, get your, get your fingers out, get them ready to type, and type, go again. Go again. That's the title of the sermon today, and that is the theme that I want us to live with as we walk with God in Christ Jesus. We're going to see from Hosea today that what God calls his followers to do is continually be the people who go again toward those who have wronged them, who go again toward, toward those who they have wronged, who go again and meet people right where they are to love them and serve them. Uh, this final sermon is about restoration. And we'll see that restoration occurs when dead things are brought to life. Restoration happens when Christians um, are bold enough to be honest with what God has done in their life, bringing their dead, sinful self to life, and then go to others and be restored as well. You will never find restoration in your broken relationships unless you go again to those who have wronged you and show them grace. Um, Just as Jesus was called by God, his Father, to go again to us, even to the point of death on the cross and be crucified, just like that, we are called to make sacrifices in our relationships if we want to see restoration. So if this is you, if you are someone who has a relationship in your life that is broken, maybe it's a marriage, maybe it's a relationship with your father or mother or your child or aunt, uncle, cousin, maybe you have broken relationships at your job, Or some of your closest friendships over the past years or months have become fractured and broken because of hurt, because of pain. Now, I don't want this sermon to come across naive as if like people break relationships for no reason. I understand that some of the reasons that some of you may have broken relationships are deep and real and painful. But see, what God calls us to do is to be a people who, even in the pain, decide to go again to others. So let us let me recap Hosea just a little bit before we jump into Hosea chapter 3. Um, if you've never, um, this is the parental warning. Um, Hosea is about a woman who um, was a woman of prostitution. So there will be some drops of things like that if you would like to just dis- excuse your kids right now or if you need to pause explain to them a little bit uh, before we continue i'm going to give you that warning now because uh, there will be some words used that you use when you're talking about that sometimes all right i think that's long enough hopefully you paused the stream by now if you had your four-year-old there and you didn't want to explain that today you won't be mad at me hopefully So to recap Hosea, Hosea is a prophet of God, and God calls Hosea to go marry a wife of whoredom, a promiscuous woman. He said, Hosea, go find a woman who sleeps around and marry her. And I want you to have children with her. And the great thing about Hosea, the word of God is, you know, some of the prophets like Jonah, for instance, he gets told, hey, go to Nineveh, this sinful city, and proclaim the word of God to them, and Jonah says, uh, no, and he turns and goes the opposite direction, right, and he argues with God, and, and that's part of his story. Hosea is told, marry a woman who sleeps around, and he says, okay, I'm in. <laughs> so if, you, if you're a Jonah or a Hosea, it's okay. God has a plan for both of you, right? Um, he wants to use both of you, but, but we want to be Hosea in this case, all right, more often than not uh, to obey God's call. So God calls Hosea to marry a wife of whoredom, a promiscuous woman, and to have children with her. And he does that, and he has three children. And poetically in the book, you can go read it later on your own time if you'd like, um, God is mirroring Hosea's relationship with Gomer, to his relationship with his children. And so quickly we learn that Hosea is a picture of God the Father, and Gomer is a picture of God's children, Israel. And Israel continues to go and chase after other gods, even though they have a God who loves them and has chosen to marry a promiscuous woman. And uh, God mirrors this relationship. And then let, let's circle back to uh, Hosea chapter 3. So Hosea has married Gomer. They've had children. And then apparently Gomer left. She took off. And Hosea chapter 3 verse 1 through 5 says this. And the Lord said to me, this is Hosea speaking, God says to me, go again. If you didn't type it in the chat before, type it in now. Go again again. Love a woman who is loved by another man and is an adulteress. Even as the Lord loves the children of Israel, though they return to other gods and love cakes of raisins. So I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and a homer and a lethic of barley. And I said to her, you must dwell as mine for many days. You shall not play the whore or belong to another man. So will I also be to you. For the children of Israel shall dwell many days without king or prince, without sacrifice or pillar, without ephod or household gods. Afterward, the children of Israel shall return and seek the Lord their God, and David their king, and they shall come in fear to the Lord and to his goodness in the latter days. Amen. Amen. Let's see three things if we want to be a people who go again that we are going to have to put into our daily practice of life. Three things here um, that we learn from Hosea. Uh, The first one is this. Restoration brings dead things back to life. Here's our motivation to go again. It's because restoration brings dead things back to life. When Gomer, the promiscuous wife, left an already bougie situation with Hosea, right? I mean, so Hosea had hooked her up. Everybody in the room is laughing because I said bougie, but I can see it through their masks that they're all smiling. Uh, listen, she had a bougie situation. That's what it was. She was a promiscuous woman, and Hosea goes and marries her, brings her into his house, and says, hey, I'll take care of you. That's what he said. This is not something she should expect, especially in those days. In these days, a promiscuous woman is looked down upon. And yes, women, I will acknowledge, a promiscuous woman is looked down upon more than a promiscuous man. And that is wrong because God teaches that a promiscuous woman and a promiscuous man are both guilty of the same thing. So even though our culture ignores one and chastises the other, um, God sees both of them and says, they are in sin. But not without the reach of grace, right? But this is a bougie situation for her. She, is, she has all of the, uh, did you hear what God said um, that Israel does? All the cakes of raisins. She had plenty of cakes. She had plenty of raisins. She was going to be able to do whatever she needed. She was taken care of, and she didn't deserve it. And she leaves. She goes away. When that happens, I know what you are thinking. I imagine what you are thinking. If that happened to me, if I was Hosea, And this woman that I married, maybe reluctantly or maybe really excitedly, whatever, she took off. That marriage now is dead. This is not being revived, right? Some of you have gone through something like that in your marriage. Some of you may be sitting there watching this right now, and and you have been divorced because of uh, somebody stepping out in a marriage. And you say, that thing is dead, That person could come crawling back a hundred times over and I'd say no every time. Why? Because that's dead. The relationship is gone. I want us to see that God teaching Israel this lesson of restoration doesn't happen to something. uh, He doesn't use an illustration that's just nice and pretty and he says, hey, you know, I know you guys kind of, You disobeyed a little, but I'm going to bring you back. No, he uses an illustration of a marriage that someone stepped out of on purpose, and it's dead and gone, because we know that that would be the end. But restoration brings dead things back to life. Look at verse 1. Verse 1 says, And the Lord said to me, Go again and love a woman who is loved by another man and is an adulteress, even as the Lord loves the children of Israel. God says to Hosea, basically, you're going to go love her even though she rejected you because I love you like that. And I want my people to see how much I love them. Do you ever wonder if Hosea maybe thought, I get it, you love us, but do I have to be the one (laughs) who has to show that love by going back to this woman who left me and who's now sleeping with another man or other men? I'm sure he had those thoughts, but the truth is that he, was, he trusted the sovereignty of God and he obeyed enough um, to believe that restoration would happen and that this dead thing, their relationship, could be brought back to life. Church, God calls you and me to return to broken relationships and to pay what it costs to be reconciled. Did you see what he does in verse 2? He bought her for 15 shekels of silver. Hosea paid the price to restore the relationship. And as followers of Jesus, we are called to pay the price to restore relationships in our lives. And I want to ask you a question. This has kind of been a theme at least these last three weeks that Danny um, kicked off two weeks ago with forgiveness, and we talked about last week um, when we talked about reconciliation. But the question is this. How messy are your friendships? Remember, we talked about uh, forgiveness is messy, and if you want to actually experience forgiveness in your life, you have to go to a messy place. Forgiveness is not going to be clean in the beginning because someone has been wronged. That's like I said at the beginning of this sermon. I understand restoration is difficult because we're talking about real pain. This is, this is not fake. You didn't make up the pain that caused this relationship to break. It's a messy place. And I want us to see from Hosea and Gomer here that what Hosea had that was unique was a messy relationship. And sometimes we as Christians can surround ourselves with everything good. We have our Christian friends, we go to church or we watch church online. I don't know how this whole illustration works in the pandemic. But the fact is, we surround ourselves and we insulate ourselves into a bubble. And we have our nice little picket fence around all, everything. And anytime someone gets dramatic, we just kick them out. We block them from our Facebook or uh, we just don't want to have anything to do with them. And If everyone around you is saying the same things that you're saying and agreeing with the things that you're agreeing with, then probably your relationships are not messy enough. Hosea had to do this hard work of restoration because he had a messy relationship with Gomer. And God calls us as followers of Jesus into messy relationships. I mean, think about Jesus himself. If he wanted to start a revolution, he could have just... Um, cozied up next to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and he would have been safe. He knew the law. They knew the law. They could have talked about God all day long, and everybody would have lifted him up, and he probably could have become the high priest, and everything would have been cool. But that's not what he did. He entered into messy relationships. In fact, he even entered into a relationship with one who would betray him and sell him to be crucified. He had messy relationships, and he did that on purpose. And restoration might not be something that is on your radar because no relationships are broken, because your relationships are not messy enough in the first place. So what God wants from, for some of us is to step out of our safe cozy relationships. And into a relationship, maybe it's with a non-believer. Maybe it's with someone who thinks totally different than us. I know that in an election year, it's super hard to find someone who thinks differently than you, right? <laughs> no, as polarizing as everything is now, it's really easy. If you want to find a messy relationship, you find a friend who's on the opposite side of the political aisle than you and go make a friend with, go become friends with them. Invite them over to your dinner table you're going to have a messy relationship right away. But see, the point of restoration is that it brings dead things back to life. And if you're looking around at your life, I know this sounds like a strange uh, way of putting it, but if you're looking around at your life and you don't see any dead relationships, it might be because you've insulated yourself so much that you don't have any messy friendships. There's no one around you who thinks differently than you, and God calls us out of our comfort zones because he wants this lost and unbelieving world to find him, and that only happens when we get into the mess. Restoration brings dead things back to life. The second thing is this. You have to choose restoration. You have to choose to restore. Verse two, the first three words, or first four words, so I bought her. God told Hosea to do this. And remember, I uh, contrasted him with Jonah a moment ago. Jonah disobeyed. He chose not, right? But Hosea chose to buy her. And you may have thought of relationships throughout the first few minutes of this sermon already, and your thoughts might be, there's no way that could ever be restored. And I bet if you're honest with yourself, it's because you think there's no way they could ever get there. Usually we don't think of it ourselves. You're like, I mean, I could do it, but there's no way they could ever get there. They would never be able to change the way I want them to change, <laughs> right? They would never be able to forgive the way I want them to forgive. They would never be able to apologize for me what they, for what they've done, You know, the Bible does not record an apology from Gomer either. So I think sometimes um, in order for us to choose restoration, we have to stop focusing so much on others' actions, and we need to turn and focus on our own response. Because as I teach my children, and I'm still learning uh, myself as an adult, you can only control one thing in life, and that's you. You. That's also why, by the way, a fruit of the Spirit is self-control, not others' control. So if you find yourself always trying to control others, you know that fruit does not come from the Holy Spirit. That fruit comes from the enemy. The enemy would like you to believe that you have everything handled and ready and good in your life, and you need to control everyone else because they have it all messed up. But the fruit of the Spirit is about self-control. The Spirit of God would want you to be able to control you yourself so that no matter what other people do, you have a godly, gospel-centered response. Does that make sense? So we have to choose restoration, and that's why I titled the sermon, Go Again. That go again is our choice. That person might be running away, but you can still go again to try to help restore the relationship. All dead things want to be returned to their previous glory, but they can't do it on their own. This dead relationship, right? It's crying out to be returned to those days. If you think of a movie montage, um, what might happen in a, when someone's having a memory, right? Somebody cheated, the divorce happened, they're separated, and then one day, um, a, the person walking down the streets and walks past a florist and smells roses, and it's similar to the roses that um, he bought for his wife one anniversary. And what happens? He closes his eyes for just a moment and it plays a beautiful romantic song. And what do you see in his memories? All the good things, right? Sometimes there's a musical change and then it goes back to the bad things and he keeps walking. But, but the point is, in his memories, all of that, that, those good memories, those are voices crying out, this relationship was so good, it could, it could be good again. I want to be brought back to life. But restoration is a choice that you have to make, and you have to make it every day. Um, Think about it like this. Uh, Most of you know my wife, Lindsay, and you know that she has a business called Simple Space. And part of what she does is physical work, and part of it is emotional work, because a lot of the times um, what she has found, and the reason that she loves it so much, is that when she helps people organize their spaces, which were previously cluttered or messy, um... Mm -hmm people's emotions kind of get raw because you're dealing with sentimental things or you're dealing with uh, deep heart issues. Like sometimes people have a lot of clothes because they have a spending problem, because they're... I'm not going to say who, but somebody here in the room is pointing at themselves right now. Um, yes, so, so we're, we're in agreement. There are emotional things tied up with, um, with our disorganization. And simple space, in a way, restores dead things and it breathes new life, right? So it's not that um, any one or two pieces of those clothing, those thousands of pieces of clothing that are strewn about everywhere... Um, are wrong or right, but they illustrate something inside that person's heart. Either discontent, or um, self self loathing, or literally could be a spending problem. Right? Some of us, uh, ha- each of us, have different vices. Some of us want to spend money because it makes us feel good. So we're filling a void by spending money. It illustrates something. Some, and when you look at it, you can tell this this thing is, is dead. But. What happens when Lindsay goes in and, and she, she se- separates the pile? I know the whole method. I won't give it to you now. You can uh, pay for that on her website. <laughs> just kidding. I uh, just didn't have time. Um, but she separates all the stuff, and, you know, you, you, you throw some stuff away, you give some stuff away, and you keep some things. But the point is this. When everything's finished and everything's all said and done, you can go over and you can sit down in the corner of your room and you can rest. Why? Because it's so cozy in there. You're like, this was what this space was designed for. This space was never designed for all of my problems to be thrown all over it. This space was designed for my comfort. It was designed for my rest. It was just begging to be brought back to life. But you know the crazy thing about simple space? And I know this because I live in a house that has been simple spaced. Simple spacing. This really does sound like a commercial for Simple Space, but I promise it's just the best illustration that I could think of. Simple Space is something that has to happen every day. When, when Lindsay leaves your house, if, she, if you work with her, and it's, it's perfect, right? It's just like you wanted it. Hopefully, you're a happy customer. You know, you're going to have to live in that house. And when you live in that house, guess what? Stuff gets put back on the floor, especially if you have other people who live in your house that you don't control. And things get moved and stuff gets put back in the wrong place. But this is why uh, cleaning your house or organizing your house is just like restoring a relationship. It's a choice that has to be made every single day because each of us have heard in our life at some point, right? Yeah, but remember when? What is that? What is that? Saying to someone, remember when, after a relationship has been restored, is a fancy way of killing the relationship again by bringing up past hurts. So you get to a point and you get frustrated, yeah, but I remember when you, yeah, but remember that last time? Yeah, but you didn't do it like this the first time. You start pointing backwards at things and you're making the choice to kill the relationship over and over again instead of making the choice to restore the relationship. You say, Pastor, I can't do that. It's too hard for me to let things go. That's the beauty of the gospel. Nobody's calling you to let things go. God didn't tell Hosea to let it go. God told Hosea to go again. It's different. Letting, letting things go is our culture's um, way of just burying things. And if you've ever done any counseling, you know what happens when you bury things, right? They're not dead like you think they are. And they come right back up. And they're usually worse the second or third or fourth time. God doesn't call us to bury things. He calls us to crucify things. You're not to let it go. You have to go back two weeks and listen to Danny's sermon again. Forgiveness is not letting go. Forgiveness is crucifying those things on the altar. They're dead and they're gone. And you are now not letting go, you're going again. And who you're going to is that person. And how you're going is in love. And what you're doing is choosing to restore. Our relationships will be brought back to life when we choose to go again. Instead of choosing to bring back past hurts, or choosing <clears throat> to make the, uh, instead, of, instead of making the choice to go again to people, we make the choice to just keep looking back and looking back. God is calling us to move forward in our relationships, and it's something that has to happen every day. Just like when you clean your house or get it organized by Lindsay or whoever, it's not just magically fixed forever. You have to go back and do it again. So I bought her. It was a choice that Hosea made. And then finally, so uh, restoration brings dead things back to life. You have to choose restoration. And finally, listen to this God restores by grace. Church, God restores. It's not your job to restore, you are bad at it. I am bad at restoring, I can't do it on my own. And you can't either. It's a hard truth because we would like to think we have what it takes to do it, but we can't. No, you are called to go again. God brings the restoration. Look, it's right here in Scripture. I'm, don't take my word for it. Take verse 5 of Hosea chapter 3's word for it. Afterward, the children of Israel, remember this, is, this marriage is an illustration for children of Israel and God. Afterward, the children of Israel shall return And seek the Lord their God. So they have gone again, right? The children of Israel returned. They come back and the Lord their God, uh, sorry, they will seek the Lord their God and David their king and they shall come in fear to the Lord and what? And into his goodness. The goodness of God, which is the life that the restoration is begging for, the goodness of God is waiting for us to go again and find. The goodness of God is there. When we choose restoration, God restores us by his grace. Now listen, this has been done in our relationship with God through the gift of Jesus Christ, right? Isn't it the best? So so the best part of every sermon is, the whole beginning is stuff you can't do. (laughs) But the end is, but there is one who did it. Jesus has restored your relationship with God. And when you see that the restoration has happened in your own life and that God restored you by grace, you can recognize recognize that restoration can only happen in our lives when we give grace freely to others, just like we have been given it by God. God restores by grace. And if you and I try to restore relationships Without grace, we will fail. And let's do a little reminder of what grace is. Do you remember what grace is? Grace is not earned favor. You don't give grace to someone when they deserve it. Grace is given, earned or not. Grace is unearned favor. Grace is mercy that is given to you by someone you have wronged. You look to them and say, I was wrong. And they say, I know, but come on back. I forgive you. And you say, yeah, but let me, let me pay you back. There must be something I can do to pay you back. And the person says, no, I will take the payment. I'll pay it. Remember, we don't just let go. That means the payment's still there. And when you just let go and the payment's still there, you know what happens. Eventually that person goes, yeah, but remember when? That's not grace. Grace is given to those who come back to God. God restores by grace. And he wants to bring you back to life He chooses to restore you because he has big plans for your life. Just like we say at Queen's Church, God has big plans for you. That's the reason that he restores you. Listen, God's glory will be made known in all of the earth. And he has chosen by his mysterious sovereignty to use people to bring about his good purposes on this earth. And his plans for your life are to glorify him and to make his, ma- make his name known. And he does this through restoration. He restores you by his grace. And he does it for this one simple reason, because remember I said his goal is his glory. Well, he restores you and me by his grace so that we can't claim that we did it on our own. The scriptures say that, not of, works so that none of us may boast. We're not restored by our own works. Otherwise, we would say, all right, look to me. I can do it. I can bring restoration. Come to me. No, we say, come to me. I can bring you to restoration. Let me take you to Jesus. This is not of me. This is the work of God. Let me show you. And so church, as we close out this goal series, I'm excited for what God has done in our relationship with Him. And I'm anticipating what God is going to do in our relationships with one another throughout the next weeks and months. Because, you know, the thing with churches is like, you know, we're a brand new church and we're just now growing. Guess what? It's not always going to be like a honeymoon of a marriage. There will be drama inside Queen's Church. Did you know that? There may are, maybe there already is that I don't even know about. Some of you who are watching this are going to be wronged by other people who are watching this. And you're going to have to make the decision. Am I going to let this cause a division? Am I going to let this death in this relationship dwell? Or am I going to go again to that person? And the beauty of the church is, God knew this, right? And so the beauty of the church is he designed a way... He, he set aside a time for us to do this, and it's during communion. And every time when we take communion at Queen's Church, and that's going to be a, a majestic time when we finally get together again in person to take communion. But when we do that, one of the things that we say is, while you're praying, pray, praying and preparing your hearts for communion, if there is someone in the room with you at church who has wronged you or who you have wronged, who you have a grudge against, now is the time to go to them. God opens the doors and he says, Church, be restored to one another. And look, I'll even, I know drama's going to happen because I created you guys. You've been messing it up since the garden. I knew that. But listen, I'm going to make a time for you and, and you can go be restored right here during this time. So, Church, I know we've grown a lot and I want to ask you um, just these two next steps. And the first one is hard but I have faith that God will give you the courage to do this. Are you ready? This is for every single person watching. Who is God calling you to go again to? Who is God calling you to go again toward? In other words, think of yourself as Hosea and ask yourself, who is my Gomer? Who is the person that has wronged me or left me or insulted me, or ridiculed me, or thought low of me, or talked down to me. And ever since they did that, whatever that was, I've held them at an arm's length. Or maybe you've even specifically told them, you are dead to me. And that relationship is is broken. Who is God calling you to go again to? The goal this week is to make the choice to go again and bring restoration. Not by your power, but bring them to Jesus and tell them about Jesus. Tell them what he's done in your life and say, you know what? I got this crazy pastor who believes the Bible is true, and you know what? God has convinced me it's true. (laughs) And here's this challenge, I need, I need to let you know something. I've been holding a grudge against you and I want to let you know that I want to bring this relationship back. What's that going to take? Go again to that person in your life. And the second next step and the final next step is this. Jesus has come again to you. And if you have never received him and trusted in him, I want to invite you to do that right now. If you are not a follower of Jesus, maybe you've been hanging around church online or maybe you've been reading your Bible for a while um, or maybe this is the first time you ever popped on and you're hearing about the good news of Jesus that your broken um, life can actually be restored. that He can transfer you from death to life. I want to invite you to take the next step in trusting him today. The Bible says that we do that by confessing our sins and turning to Jesus. So I want to invite you to pray with me right now if you have never trusted in Jesus. God, I confess that I am broken. I have sinned and fallen short of you. But God, I turn from my sin and I trust in you, Jesus, because you can restore. I put my faith in you Save me, oh God, in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible teaches that when you confess your sins, God is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. And this means that now you have been restored to life, your brokenness has been made beautiful and you are risen from the grave, and you have abundant life, if that is you, please comment in the chat and say, I just prayed that prayer. And one of our online hosts would love to reach out with you, reach out to you and get some information from you so that we can teach you and show you how to walk in your faith in God by his word. Church, we're going to do a brand new series next week called Carry the Water. It's just two weeks long. So, um, Let's get ready to finish off this goals thing this week. Get back into it next week. Uh, get, into a, uh, get into a small group. It's not just Zoom hangs now. We have oldies but goodies that meets on Thursdays. Women's Space is starting back in person on Tuesday nights at 7.30. I'm looking at some of the women in here. I think. 7.30, right? 7.30 this week. You can check the, check the information on our social and on our website. Um, we love you guys. We will see you next week. Um, let's worship together as we close out this worship service
1: oh I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you life of love in in the dead, dead of night and, night, and you tell me that you're pleased and that I'm never alone, you're a good, good father, it's who you are, it's who you are, it's who you are, and I'm loved by you, it's who I am. Who I am it's who I am I've seen many searching for answers far and wide but I know we're all searching for answers only you program. it's who you are and I'm loved by you it's who I am it's who I am it's who I am. worship you, you are here, turning lives around, I worship you, I worship you, you are here, working miracles, I worship you, I worship you. Cause you are a way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Cause you are a way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You are here touching every heart, I worship you, I worship you, you are here, healing every life, I worship you, I worship you, turning lives around, you are here. I worship you you. You are here Mending every heart I worship you I worship you Waymaker Cause you are waymaker Miracle worker Promise keeper Light in the darkness My God That is who you are Miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who You are. And even when I don't see it, You're working. Even when I don't feel it, You're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, You're working. Even when I don't feel it, You're working.
0: Hey QC Kids, just wanted to stop by and say hello and that I miss you guys so, so much. I cannot wait till we can be back in person together. Speaking of our message today, go again, Queens Explorers, it is almost time for us to go again in person. (laughs) So that will be happening September 23rd, 6 p.m. right here in our center. And I cannot wait to go again with you guys. I'm so excited. We have so much in store for you guys. And for our other QC kids, don't worry. We are working hard for activities for you coming soon. So just make sure you check out our Facebook page. Again, that's facebook.com slash qns.kids. And do not forget that there are always videos and Bible stories being posted for you guys to enjoy, along with some games. So make sure your parents sign you up. Or just like the page, and you can just have fun with that. For more announcements, do not forget to check out our website, qns.church, for any information that you are looking for as far as in person hangs or Zoom hangs. And now for our offering, remember here at Queen's Church, it is not a tax. We give out of love for the neighborhood and for the church. So please give as you can and do not feel obligated to give what you do not have. A quick prayer for our offering. Lord, thank you so much for everything that you are giving us during this pandemic and before and after the pandemic is here. We are so grateful for your love and your grace, and we are excited each and every day that you wake us up because it gives us the chance, as Larry said, to go again and to reconcile relationships and build new ones that don't exist yet. And it's only by your grace and mercy that we learn how to do these things, Lord. So we thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for joining us this morning, guys, and can't wait to see you back next week.